Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, friends. Wanted to drop in real quick before we get to the meat of the conversation that I had with Sherry. We did have some sound issues in this episode. Um, So some of the issues that you hear early on here did get fixed a little bit, but not completely. I am still posting it because I think it's manageable. I was able to edit it and not want to scratch my ears out. (laughs) I'm pretty sensitive to sound. So, um, yeah, I'm still doing it, but if you cannot stick around because of that, I totally get it and apologize. This is not up to the par that I would like normally. It was an awesome conversation with Sherry, so if you can hang in there, um, I definitely, definitely recommend it. Sherry is quite a bit older than I am, and she has an awesome perspective on life, and I so appreciate getting somebody else's angle. Um, She just is so full of life, and we connected on so many levels, which, given the age difference, was really, really cool and special. So, hope you'll hang around. If not, definitely understand. Thanks for your patience. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I have Sherry Reinhardt here with me. Sherry is a ghostwriter and storytelling coach. Sherry, thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited to chat with you. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'm really interested to have this conversation. We connected pretty recently, and I thought it was interesting because we connected immediately, like when we actually had a conversation, we kind of hit it off right away. We're like on the same page. And what I'm excited to have this conversation about is because we're in two very different age groups. And Mm -hmm. so we talked a little bit about that because I think it's really interesting how we are very, very aligned with our message, but totally different generations. So I'm excited to kind of dig in there. Actually, that's that, that whole idea of meeting people that know nothing about me and I know nothing about them. And we come really from different worlds and different eras, almost like decades apart. And there's just this thing that you can't even name that connection, which is more of an energetic thing and a vibe than anything else. And it's like, boom, I feel like fast friends with you. So yeah, I feel the same way. It's really cool. I love hearing that because that's how I've always felt with people. It's like I immediately know if I connect. And what's been interesting recently is I feel the same way online. <laughs> like I can quickly know. And, and you you came to me because I had posted mm-hmm. something about this online. And, and you were like, ooh, that sounds like very aligned. And you just mm-hmm. kind of, again, like you had that vibe. But it's interesting to me that this can happen even on the internet, right? Like even when we're not there in person. And I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up actually, because now I can tell you that is something I very seldom do because I, I mean, I work with words all day long. I'm writing them. I'm speaking them. I'm tweaking them. I'm editing them. I'm, I'm in words all day long and words to me are really an energy. So when I read your post, I just, 
immediately was pulled into you behind the post. And that doesn't happen very often. So when I reached out to you, it's like, I don't know, maybe you're thinking or whoever I may be reaching out to might be thinking, oh, you know, she's, she's, um, she's stalking people to get on podcasts, for example. Uh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. That is not me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was, a, there, there was that between, a, be- between your post and my ears. I felt it. Yeah. I love that. That's so interesting. You're so right that words are powerful and they convey energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's so it's so interesting how we're connected to those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I think it's so meaningful that we connected in that way, and we're just kind of pulled together. We had a, a brief you know, kind of like meet and greet conversation recently. And we're just immediately connected. So that said, let's kind of dive in to your story a little bit. So give us, give the listeners a little bit of background on who you are, where you came from, and how you got to where you are now. Okay, so I won't start when I was five because that will take forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll um, just carry you through my progress in or my process of just trying to be the best human in my time here that I could be. So um, I was raised in a pretty strict household, religious, you know, we went to synagogue every Saturday and we observed all the holidays and we kept all the rules of being kosher in the kitchen. And I had two siblings who were extremely religious and I, w- I, I went along for that ride because it was how I was raised and what was expected of me, but it never felt right to me. The the ritualized behaviors and the dogma that came with my particular, with my experience of being religious and raised in that household never felt right, but I went along for the ride. And then when I married and I raised my kids, I did all the same things. I repeated everything that was modeled to me. And I sent my kids to Hebrew day school and I prepared for the Sabbath. I did all those things. And um, in uh, about 25 years ago, we moved to Tucson, Arizona for one year and I left everything behind. And in that one year, I had some kind of spiritual awakening where I was questioning everything. I was questioning what I was doing as a parent, how I was behaving as a wife, what kind of mother or daughter I was and sibling, etc. Everything crossed my mind. And I was in the mountains hiking every day for a year. I mean, it was spectacular. Um, and I grew up in that year. And so when I came home, I every belief that I questioned that wasn't mine, that didn't feel right to me, I dumped. I dumped and that grew me up and that showed me a way to just becoming who I really am. And I discovered also that having voice, being able to say things that are hard, being able to have hard conversations with people. I realized I was never really able to do that in my household. Cause like I said, it was a strict upbringing. I was expected to behave a certain way and never talk poorly or disagree and so without even realizing it, fast forward to today in our conversation here and even the work that I, I do as for a living, helping people write their books, most of them are memoir and business books. Well, this is me helping them be self-expressed and use their voice. So it's very interesting how what I was lacking became what I am feeling I need to help people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, through my work. So, um, yeah, I just decided, well, I had enough of that. And, and over a period of 25 years from the time I was in Tucson till now, I'm just keep growing myself up. I love that. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. The spiritual awakening, the whole notion of that is, is really powerful. I've had my own and this for a lot of people, I think the term is something that it kind of throws people for a loop and that they don't really understand what it means or it's like, so 
speak to what that yeah right yes (laughs) yeah it's like a little woo woo or yeah but speak to what that looked like for you like during that process you you talked you you know you briefly hit on being in the mountains and kind of Mm -hmm. sounds like you were you were able to find yourself right like we throw that term around with Mm -hmm. spiritual awakening and it sounds kind of cheesy but I feel like it's very true and and that we need to every once in a while or at one point in our lives, I should say, need to have, especially if we're feeling lost, if we're, if we're feeling unhappy, if we're mm-hmm. feeling like we just aren't quite ourselves, I really think that that's a period of time that we need. And some of us hit it in different ways than others. So uh, how did that look for you? It was very, very messy because it wasn't just the one year in Tucson where, I, you know, when I was in the mountains and I, I was free from all my obligations and commitments back home with family and friends and carpool and, and uh, preparing elaborate meals for the Sabbath and everything that I felt burdened and overwhelmed by was gone. It disappeared. Mm -hmm. Uh, There I was alone with my husband who had it happened to have a 12 hour day because his travel time was long. So I was alone with my two young sons at the time they were, let's say five and two and a half years old. I didn't yet have my third. And it was just the three of us every day in this incredible desert mountain, which I didn't even know that I needed that in my life. I needed to have mountain air. I needed. So that being said, it it, it did start a process of me questioning everything. So when I came home, I continued by um, seeking and I, I think part of the spiritual awakening is understanding that one, you are not in this alone. There are people who can help you or who understand. And, you know, they say, I think they say, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. Well, I started to drop all the keeping up with the Joneses kind of friends. And I had many and now I have few, but, but they're my world, the few friends that I have. So, you know, getting to the point I am now And in answer to your question, the process was, for me personally, I like to do my uh, self-work and my personal development alone a lot. I like to read. I like to pick up the occasional webinar. I like to sit with new material and digest it. I don't like to consume a lot because I find it's forgotten, it's gone, and I haven't changed. So I've learned to consume only what what I'm drawn to in particular and really sit with it. So one book that I would suggest to anyone who is just beginning, my first um, foray into this world of, of spiritual awakening, we'll call it, Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. I'm mm. sure you know it, yep. but perhaps some of your listeners do not. It is the simplest little handbook that I actually had two copies. I kept one, I'll admit, in the bathroom because I had young children and it was the only time I could ever be alone, (laughs) right? So one there and one in my car with me when I was doing carpool and running them around. And I would pick it up at any point. And that book actually really solidified my understanding that what I had in the past doesn't necessarily have to come with me into my future. Mm. And how I respond to people and react isn't necessarily, um, um, isn't necessarily who I really am. I'm just being reactive. So I, I learned little things like that and, and, and it started me on this like crazy path. Um, but you know, you said, you know, at some point something happens or you just, you know, realize that you're not really being your authentic self and you want to move away from that. So you start that journey. I will admit that I spend at least half an hour every day, every single day, no matter what, in some form of meditation or prayer. I, I And when I miss a day and I have, I'm just, I'm not right. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's my spiritual practice, a minimum of half an hour every day in meditational prayer, alone with myself, no one comes in, no one bothers me. So that, that, that's, that's um, a rule. I have that just, it's a rule because it works and I love it. Yeah. So I, such a great book. It, It really, that's like one of those for me that I always recommend to people who are, 
just like you did, very new or or kind of like newbies to the whole, mm-hmm. um, you know, self development, but also on a, a slightly more spiritual side, right? And and like mm-hmm. those who are really wanting to like deeply get in touch with themselves. Um, so I'm I'm so happy you mentioned that. I'll definitely <laughs> uh, continue to pass that book along. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, going back to the environment that you were in for the spiritual awakening, you mentioned the mountains and that air just seemed to have a really profound effect on you. Would you say that that was a critical part? Like, do you think you could have gone through this process in a different place? Mm. Such a good question. It would have come to me eventually because I was born old and wise and I was considered offbeat, didn't fit in and weird because anytime I leaned towards that needing depth, meaning and purpose, even when I was single digit age, like Mm -hmm. super young, um, that it was kind of frowned upon, I guess. So, so I was going to burst. So eventually it would have been something. Um, I think what happened with me being away from home and in, I don't know, something about the desert mountains that I, I maybe I, I can't even explain why it was that I didn't know I was a mountain girl. <laughs> something about that. I just felt such a connection to spirit there. And I just yesterday posted a blog on my Facebook page um, that speaks directly to this, is that I was raised to go to synagogue. I was taught how to pray. I had to follow the book. I had to wear certain clothes. You know, there's a lot of rules around organized religion. Hmm. And I would go... um, home at night after being in that environment, which was very uncomfortable for me. And I'd look out my bedroom window and I did, this just came back to me. But as a youngster, I used to look out my bedroom window and look skyward into the, the dark sky and the stars. And just something would wash over me. So even today I'm making connections that I didn't even knew were a thing in my life, so to speak. So um, maybe I did need those mountains to expedite what I needed to do. It wasn't happening until I went there. So I I think connecting to nature was pivotal for me. Yeah. That that is a form of prayer for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of what I was curious about because I do believe that, or I know that nature has a pretty magical quality to it, which you know, if we really think about it, it makes sense, right? That's part of our our biology and who we are. But mm. it's interesting how often that is a part of that process. I know for me, when I was, you know, my spiritual awakening, one of the two phases of it really happened because of health issues. And at the time, I was living in the city of Chicago downtown in a high rise and it was so interesting because my body I just felt this deep pull to nature and so I've I mean I've always enjoyed being in nature but I it's really hard to put into words but I was just yearning to be in nature and it was almost like my body knew that it had to go there to to like go there and recover and be rejuvenated. So unfortunately I didn't have the opportunity to do that much. Um, I think I did, I did like a, a one week trip with my wife to, uh, we have a, a gracious friend who had a, a cabin in Michigan kind of in the woods and we went there and it was just like medicine. Like it was just so, so good. But I think in general, one of the things that it does is and and my situation is a good example but and so is yours of how we have so much there's just so much incoming 
stimuli, right? <laughs> There's so much on a daily basis that's coming in yeah. and we're constantly processing that. But when we go into nature, that noise level goes down, all that mm-hmm. distraction goes down. So I believe that when you're put in an environment like that, naturally things around you just quiet down figuratively, figuratively and literally, mm-hmm. and you just have more space to be with yourself and your thoughts and your feelings. And I think because of that, it just, like you said, kind of expedites the process because this stuff has the, has the ability to start coming up because it's not suppressed by everything else that's going on. It's so interesting because as I listen to you speak, I have this image or this, this, this um, kind of story going on in my head that, you know, I don't think any living, breathing thing is meant to be contained in concrete. I never thought of it before, but I'm listening to you speak and I'm going, doesn't it make sense that we all need to be out in open air? Like my husband loves the beach. We fight about vacation because he wants water. I want mountains now. We figured out that we don't really get along on those relaxing vacations because he needs that. Mm-hmm. And I, I respect that because that's his way to connect back to himself, right? Without mm-hmm. the noise that you said and everything, like you can just kind of just escape really in nature and, 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 and uh, walk, leave all this concrete stuff behind. And, I, you know, I think about animals in a zoo. Do they belong there? No. But are we that different? Are we that different? Look, look at all the walls we put up around us. I mean, okay, now I'm talking to you in time of coronavirus and these walls are protecting us and thank God we have our shelter. Yeah. But in a normal time, mm-hmm. unlike this pandemic that we're living through now, um, what's with all the, the concrete in the walls? Like you can't breathe in that. Mm-hmm. We, I think we all need a little fresh air sometimes, <laughs> even if it's a walk in the next, in, you know, in a little forest five minutes from your house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. I lived in the city for six years uh, because it was easier for what I was doing for work. I, I never really wanted, like I never wanted to be in the city. I've always been pulled to um, nature more, but I truly believe that it was one of the things that contributed to mm. health issues. And, and it's just interesting because it's, it, you know, they manifested very as actual physical health issues, but I absolutely believe that I was so out of my personal element and that over time that just wore on me and, and created mm-hmm. this within me. So I, I totally agree. Um, sure. I'm sure what you're saying is true. I'm sure, and you know it in, in, for you, it is true. Right. So then it, it definitely had an effect on your health. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. S- yeah. Speaking of things being true, I want to touch on what you mentioned about having a voice and then even to now what what you do, you know, it's part of what you do is you help give people a voice really is what you're saying. So this is something that is, it's funny that you bring that up because I truly feel that this podcast is a little bit of that for myself and really sharing my authentic voice. Whereas for years, and again, this is part of my spiritual awakening going on two years ago now, but really that's a process, right? The spiritual awakening Mm. quote unquote is really just the eye opening. And then, then you can really start doing the deep work from there and it's an ongoing process. But yeah, for me, (laughs) I just really, um, was able to feel this within myself. I think without getting in touch with yourself on that spiritual or emotional or even like some kind of mental level, getting inside of yourself, how can you have an authentic voice? Because mm-hmm. you're not there with yourself. We're, we're, we, I think we're, we're trained 
to go after things. You know, there's a very linear way for us to go through life. And if we believe that and we don't stop and question it, we will go through our entire lives just by the way that it is expected for us to live, right? So you go to kindergarten, you graduate high school, you finish university, you have to get a degree. Chances are you're going to have a lot of student loan debt that you will not be able to pay off. But apparently society tells us that's the way we're supposed to do things. So we just do them. But if you don't question it and you don't go inside and get spiritual or, you know, tap into your emotional base, you're just going to keep doing that until one day. Yeah. Like in your case, I don't know if it was all that built up. I'm not going to presume that it was, but in your case, something happened that made you get sick. Something happened, which means something in your life was deeply misaligned Mm -hmm. with you. And you woke up to that. And that's probably when you got sick is when you went, or, or at some point during that period of being unwell and I'm no doctor, I'm no scientist. So please no one take my word for, but it's just my own lived experience that shows me time and time again and working with people and giving them their voice. I learned time and time again, we all share that part of the human experience. We just do it in different times. And some of us get it right after one kind of like, crisis or hitting rock bottom and some of us need many different episodes to keep leading us out of that mess and into that authentic voice and that authentic life that's that that's kind of what i'm seeing and all all my authors who are writing memoirs have stories of really deeply tragic and traumatic experiences but they're telling their stories from places of having risen above that I'm the luckiest person in the world to, you know, get to help them get those stories out. Cause that's also part of healing. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and I love that because that pretty much goes back to this podcast for me feels like that. And that it's really exciting to share the stories of others. I think it's really meaningful mm-hmm. for other people to hear that and to connect to it. But selfishly it's really great for me too it's great to have these conversations and that's kind of what I was getting at when I first started talking about this was like I can have these authentic conversations be myself because I'm like you in that I always felt a little bit different than everyone the the struggle for me was the fact that I quickly figured out how to fit in because I was good at sports I was intelligent I was, I was good looking and that's not to be arrogant. I just, you know, I got mm-hmm. enough feedback on that. You had the package. You right. had what people call, you know. And so, yeah. And so that for me was, again, like I'm not complaining, but what happened was I quickly identified with all of those things. And the part of me that felt different was kind of left behind. It was kind of pushed down and I never really quite figured out what to do with that part. And I just figured that, you know, that's kind of when we, we get into talking about the, the worthiness or not feeling like enough or, or the things that we place value on. So for me, when I got sick, a big part of it was I, I lost my physical body that I had created over years of working out and something that I was very proud of, but I didn't realize how much I identified with that. And so having that stripped away then allowed me to really and it was painful. It was very, very painful to go through that period, not even just the physical health issues along with it. It was more so the emotional pain of like, I literally had that crisis of who am I? Like, I just don't know anymore. But it was so, so beneficial because everything got stripped away and I was able to see, I was able to go back to that kid that felt different inside of me. I was able to go back to that. And it was like time traveling. (laughs) You know, honestly, that's the work. And it comes to people at different times in their life. I mean, it's sad for those who go through life, kind of like not really living it, like, like you may feel that you did until that health crisis and facing who you, you know, what you went through. 
Um, it does, I, I really think it does take a crisis for people to decide what they're going to do next, right? Or are they going to just shove it aside and keep it buried and keep going and keep going until the next crisis, which to me is very sad. And I did that for many years. Listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm no youngster. Um, and that's, I always say, God has to give me a lot more years because I'm just getting started. I always <laughs> say that to myself. That's part of my prayer. I'm just getting, I mean, look at me starting a podcast now, right? Mm-hmm. Who does that at my age? But um, I am because I, I want to kind of make up for what I feel I lost in my childhood. And so, yeah, I, I've now it's my turn to forget where I'm going with this. <laughs> No, yeah, you were just kind of talking about where I'm at, how I went back to to finding myself, and like you were saying, that's that's the work then, and and really, yeah. it doesn't it it takes a crisis a lot of times, and I you're you're so right about that, and really, part of like that was really what I focused my coaching on is because there are warning signs, like you're saying, there are, we get these indicators, right? So it's not like, it's not that this shit just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and I can be, I'll be the first one to say too, for me, I mean, the warning signs were years coming. Like I saw this, I wasn't telling people about how I felt or things that I knew were off. I could tell were off, but I ignored it. And so what I'm doing, what I see my mission as, is I want to work with good people who are starting to feel these signs. And then once they can, can acknowledge that and be like, Oh, you're right. Like these things are happening. Then be like, okay, great. This is, this is the time. Take this opportunity, like listen to those signs and make a change And, and making a change is hard, right? Like changing your life, changing who you are, the way you think about things, the way you see things is difficult. It's so hard and it's so scary and it's so unknown and it's so many things that we we are just so uncomfortable with that, yeah, it's a lot easier to ignore the signs and keep going. Listen, especially, you know, um, um, if you're in the corporate world and you have a great job and you have a great title and everyone is coveting your position and they're throwing raises and bonuses at you, who the hell is going to question that? Mm-hmm. Even if they go home at night and they're restless and they don't sleep because they're full of stress and they're full of discomfort and unhappiness. Listen, that's classic. Um, But I want to go back to what you do as a coach. I love that you want to hit, you know, find people who are at that point um, wondering, okay, what's going on here, so to speak. And then I would love for you to do your work with these clients. And then I would love to give them the voice to go, man, look what I did. Because when you get through something and you work with a coach, and by the way, I'm a huge advocate of the coaching industry. Um, It was my business coach who took my um, play at home kind of sideline business while my husband earned the paycheck into an actual freelance career. Mm -hmm. Um, So hats off to my business coach. And then it was uh, Teta Healing Coach who took me out of great emotional and physical pain. Hmm. Um, so so when, when they were done with me, I, I found my voice. When I was done doing the work with them, I started to find my ability to just be honest and true, not just with myself, but to the people who matter in my life. And you know what? I changed so much over the past let's say even five years and you, you worry, people are afraid that what will the people who love me, how will they react to me now? I'm Mm -hmm. so different. I'm not the same person. You know what? The people who really matter, they never leave you period. Mm -hmm. Get that out of your head. Whoever's listening to this and whoever is thinking, yeah, but yeah, but no, if they (laughs) really love you, they stay. And I say to my husband today, I'll say to him, like when he'll go, you know, Shari, you should dot, dot, dot. Well, those are words from my past and they trigger me Mm. and they don't trigger me anymore because now I will say to him, you don't tell me should, you don't tell me should, because should is your idea of something. It's not mine. So let's talk. 
that's a powerful voice to be able to say that to someone. Yeah. It, it, but it took me a whole life. So <laughs> kudos to you. I hope all your coaching clients reach a point where they can tell someone, you know what, buddy, I love you, but you don't tell me this. Yeah. No, so it's so true though. It's so true. And and thank you for saying that and sharing that message because that is one of the core things that I always want to get across to people because it is so scary and it is so difficult. Yeah. We do, you know, we are the kind of the the accumulation of the people that we spend our time with. And what I really realized and I love sharing with people is there isn't a neutral. People are either helping raise you up or they're pulling you down. Ooh, I love that. I love that. It's, it's true. Never, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I think we like to think about it that way because it's easier. It's less confronting, (laughs) but truly what you said shows that. And that's the people that actually care, that actually love you will stick by you. Yeah. And this is truly where love comes out. Unconditional support. If you are being conditionally supported, that's not true support. (laughs) Right. It, it, it's incredible how, and just talking about it now, I'm almost tearing up because I don't think I gave it its moment in time of gratitude for that, that I have been allowed to unbecome something that everyone in my life, my family is familiar with, and they have allowed me to become Really, it's, it, it is that huge. I, I, I became a whole other person mm-hmm. to become who I am now. And they were there with me for the whole ride, loving me through all of it. Yeah, it's, it's a very profound thing. Like, honestly, every coaching client you work with, if they ever hit that moment of grace and understanding, They'll be fine. They'll, you can send them on their way and know they can take care of themselves. It's, it's, it's incredible. I wish it for everyone. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. And so I want to hit on something too that kind of combines the, the community, the, those who support you and the coaching thing that you mentioned being a, a big proponent of that. And really that is being okay asking for help, being okay saying that you need help. I was one of those people that never wanted to do that. I was the giver. I was the provider. I was always the one doing that for people. It's because I needed to feel strong. Mm -hmm. We all like to feel that way, but it's important that you realize that at some point, I mean, really at any point, it's okay to ask for help. And I just, the one thing I thought of when you were talking about the coaching stuff is, there's a really big stigma around why do I need a coach? Why do I need a mentor? Like I'm, I'm fine. I don't need any help. And, and truly that's just doing yourself a disservice. And so, like I said, it's not the shameless plug or anything, but mentors have been such a huge part of my life as well. And I think as humans, we kind of build up this, this ego and, and really want to take care of ourselves. And that's great. You can be strong, but you can be strong and also be supported and also ask for help. And so I think it's really important for people to understand that piece of the puzzle as well, that having a mentor, having people in your network that support you are, it's just so, so important. And that's, it's an intelligent move, not a weak one. Well, you know, you're speaking now to uh, Brene Brown's work. I'm sure you're familiar Love her. with her. I know who I'm talking to. I know you're familiar with everyone <laughs> that, that I, I, I may or may not bring up. So, but that's it. The, the strength lies in that vulnerability. Yes. And you're talking to someone who I thought I knew how to ask. I always thought I knew how to ask. And 
No, I really didn't. I learned how to say, I learned how to say no instead of yes much sooner. Mm. You know, like, can you, can you, are you ready? Can you like help me out here and maybe you can a favor and yeah, 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 yeah. Right. We all do that because we like to people please because then we think they're going to like us and it's all real and hunky dory and you know what? Bullshit. Um, so I learned how to say no really, really quickly, but I didn't learn how to ask for things. I really always felt I had to do everything on my own, which might explain why a lot of my work was done on my own, but I'm also, I know you won't believe me, but I really am an extreme introvert and hence the work I chose. I get to hide behind my computer all day (laughs) long and never talk to people. So, um, I love my alone time and I, I, deeply deeply relish being alone with myself mm-hmm. um, but uh, that being said I once I started to ask coaches and hire coaches I'm like wow as long as I use my discretion because you know there are many coaches out there and not every coach is the right fit for any particular person at every particular time in their lives. So it's a question of right fitting the coaches and, and and also you knowing what you want to work on. That's very, I found that to be very helpful. So once I knew what I wanted to work on, Oh, I was busy with coaches all the time and wellness professionals and Mm -hmm. you name it. I, um, uh, they helped me greatly. So yeah, the coaching industry is great and it's a lot faster than therapy. Mm. And it's also, I think, a lot more sustainable because once you, you know, a coach will, well, I'm telling you your work, but I know a coach will give you also tools and techniques that if you do the work and you can keep the practice up of using either the systems or tools, whatever, and they're usually very easy to adapt to and implement in your life, that is sustainable. You never have to go back to that issue because you now have your own way of getting through it it's very powerful that's yeah very well said very well said i think a lot of people especially being you know a life coach a lot of what i do is has to do with careers because that's such a huge part of our life and life direction so i work with people who are are very emotionally attached to their work who want to make a difference who want to do something kind of bigger and better who have felt pulled to more so career is just part of that. But that said, I am doing a lot more deep work than mm-hmm. a lot of coaches. And, and so, you know, I have, um, I've been to therapy, been going on and off for, for close to two years. Really, I started right after the health stuff because I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure I had my, my head on straight. Um, but it's such, I love it as a one-two punch. It's so great because you, you figure out your shit, you start to, you start to get, you know, a a look at where all this crap is coming from in your life, why you are stuck, why you are, can't make progress in certain areas. And then coaching, like you said, is almost like you kind of like build a layer on top of that and you're given these tools and techniques. And so then you can move forward. Um, So anyways, that's, Mm -hmm. I just really liked how you said that, that, it's an investment, right? And that's a thing that a lot of times with people, they're like, oh, like, you know, I don't know if I want to pay that for the time. But it's like, if you understand what an investment it is in tools and things that you will always have for the rest of your life, it just totally changes the. You know, and just, just to add to that, you know, we're not taught how to be human. We're not taught how to be, in my case, a parent. But if it matters to us that we become the best human we can be, that we have the best possible relationships that we can have, that we shepherd our children through the world so that they can be responsible um, members of the community, whatever value you have that you are, like obviously I'm speaking to my values, um, that you struggle with, well, we're not shown the way. So it it, it is a huge investment in ourselves, not huge. It is an important investment in ourselves, 
but it is also very important for us to do that work so that we can be better with our family, our friends, our it makes us just better and everything gets easier from that. So I just have to add that piece because yeah, it's, it's an important investment that lasts forever and improves everything. Okay. There's mm. the tagline done. We're right? good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just need you as my, my, yeah. my, 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 my marketing guru now. It was amazing but, because it, that's what it did for me. So yeah. yeah, but that's, and I think really that we can kind of zoom out to the work that we're talking about in general, right? It just, in terms of personal work. So yes, coaches, mentors, people that support you, those are all, they're all part of the puzzle, but eventually you're the one that has to decide whether you're going to embark on this journey of doing this work yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, really, really powerful to know because some people, again, this goes back to a worthiness thing, right? Some people, you can't commit to that journey if you don't think you're worth it. But, mm-hmm. but if you love your kids, if you love your spouse and you think that they're worthy of you being a different person, I, at some point you have to get to the realization that you are worthy. But if that can at least push you to start your journey and to start the, the work of becoming a better human, becoming the best version of yourself that you can, which yeah. is really the true version of yourself then that's, then that's great. And so I love that you yeah. mentioned that it's not just you, like you're not the only one at stake here. It's right. everyone that you touch. And I actually, that brought up one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you was because I'm not a parent yet, what was that like for you to have the spiritual awakening to start doing this work? How did that shift your perspective or your actions or your thoughts as a parent? The more I grew to know, like, trust, and believe in myself, which was and is a continuing process, but the better I got at being me reflected so beautifully in all my children. And, you know, my eldest, my oldest son, um, sadly had the worst parts of me because I had him 28 years ago and I just really got on this path of becoming a better person at 25. So, you know, he sees now as an adult, what kind of human I am, but I I was a much harder parent because I I grew up in a strict background. So Mm -hmm. I thought that's the way you raise your kid, right? No. So I, I would say this one thing, um, I parent my children from the space of, and I'm going to quote my thoughts now. It is not my job to impose my ideas and beliefs and values on my children. They are separate human beings and therefore they have a right to choose their own. It is my job to be there through all their highs and all their lows in a way that supports them, each one for who they are, what they need and what they want. My kids, I'm going to tear up now because I know without a doubt that they, they have a great life because I give them all the freedom in the world to become who they really are. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I know that because they feed it back to me. They let me know. So I'm the most blessed mother right now in the, uh, very, very blessed, but that was my work. And that, that was like you said, you know, it's not just about us. So if you're, whether you do it alone or with books or with webinars or with Tony Robbins or with Ben Fritz, it doesn't matter who you do it with. It's not only about you. The minute you involve other people in your life, you have a responsibility to be the best person you can be for them too. So that, that was my gift to my children. I, I'm like, I, 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 I'm good. The only regret is that my son had to live through the kind of harsher parts of me that, you know, 
Like he had a hockey tournament and they were like on the winning team and it was a school day and I didn't let him go. And to this day he goes, but ma, does it make sense? I was the only kid who wasn't allowed to go. What were you thinking? I'm like a key player on the team. So, you know, like it's a stupid little thing like that, but those stupid little things, right? He's 28 and he still goes, I don't understand how you didn't let me go. Yeah. Like I might never forgive you for that. And my answer to him is, well, I see what you're saying. I regret that decision and I'm apologizing for it now. If I could change it, I would. Because today I would not have made that decision. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, that's just a stupid example, but I think it, it, it's pretty telling. Beautifully said. Thank you for sharing. It is truly important. And I think really this is kind of a nice way to tie up our conversation because I feel like for, for both you and I, that's really something that we're interested in is we are becoming different people, which is amazing because that improves our quality of life and our experience of life. But really the true impact in that and you know what I see my work as doing too, and, and it'll keep unfolding for me, but a lot, so much of it is creating humans that are more self-aware, that are more conscious, that have this, have been able to have this process, have been able to open their eyes. And again, we're never perfect, right? It's ongoing, mm-hmm. but the difference is still night and day when you really become conscious to who you are, why you are the way you are, like what's running your behaviors and how you truly want to show up in the world, we can then impact, you know, for for me, it's like, I want to impact my children that way. And I want my clients to be able to impact their children or their future children that way. Because really then in my mind, it just creates this ripple effect. And we all, Mm -hmm. we get to a point where we are coming awake and conscious to the beauty of life younger and younger and and really that's what i feel is like a key to creating harmony exactly it's like rising together no matter where you are but starting earlier i'm really curious to know for you at this point you kind of mentioned you know you've got your podcast coming out and you mentioned too about your age and where you're at in life, what you want to do. Tell, tell me and everybody listening a little bit more about that. What are the things that you're getting excited about? And then two, how did you not let age stop you? Because I know that that really becomes a big thing for people and shit. I see it. I see it with people that are 35 and they're saying, Oh, oh I can't no. change my job. Oh, I can't change this. I can't do this. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. <laughs> like you have time, like make the change now. So um, speak to what you're excited about and how you've gotten over the age thing. The age thing wasn't hard because I felt like I had a lot of catching up to do. Um, I, I, like I said, I felt like most of my childhood was lost to just fitting into all the norms. Mm-hmm. So I had in my mind, I had to make up for that. Um, so when I was uh, about 14 years ago, I started a networking group. So I was already uh, in my 40s when I did that. And um, it opened my world. It opened my influence. And I met a lot of tremendous women who were a part of my learning curve in, in all that we just discussed on this podcast. Um, and when I gave up that, gr- that, that networking, um, running the networking group, to continue um, building my writing career as a ghostwriter, I slowly found that I was missing that connection. And I I realized now that I really needed that connection. So um, I wasn't afraid to start something at 45 years old. And while I was in, and which is already, you know, past the prime, I guess. So um, I, I recall about 10 years ago thinking to myself, I don't want to get old. I don't mind getting older, but I don't want to be old. And I remember thinking to myself, I always want to be relevant. And that is something I spent a lot of time with. What does relevance mean to me? Mm. Well, it means doing something that matters. Okay. 
so all these questions, you know, I, I had a bunch of questions that I answered for myself and I understood that I am here to do something and that is to help people be real and honest and vulnerable and true to themselves and to help them feel that they can be of service because all the women I met in my networking group and there were hundreds of them, their one key theme was I want to be of service. It didn't matter how much or how little money they made. It mattered that they made a difference to someone or some group or many people. And with that theme, I said, oh my God, that's me too. So I'm not afraid to start anything. All my friends are retiring and I'm just starting to live and I love it. I don't want to retire. I don't want to be at home with my husband making lunch for him. No, thank you. <laughs> he knows that. We're both good. So I just want to keep building and being relevant and putting new stuff into the world. Hence, the podcast just made perfect sense because it, it, it mimics what I did in my networking group. And I love that people were interested in how I ran the group, the, the, the platform that I gave them so that they could reach more people because we were 50 women at a lunch. It, it was pretty solid group. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm excited. I just have to stay healthy. So I work on that too. <laughs> yeah. I just, it just sticks out to me how, you were very intentional about it. Like you said, the relevant thing came up for you and then you were like, okay, what does that actually mean to me? Like, let's kind of dig a little bit deeper. Oh, that means that I want to be of value or I want to be, uh, yeah, I, I want to be in a space where I am still connected and sharing and mm -hmm. feeling like my authentic self. And truly to me, what it sounds like is, you want to feel alive and, and that's mm. exactly what you said with the retirement piece. And it's funny because I just, I think it was, yeah, it was the last podcast interview I did. We talked to, he, he just hit on retirement and he was like, you know, I talked to my retirement, like my financial advisor and was like, look, you don't, we can kind of change things around because I have no intention of stopping working. And for me, that is is so key and i think that's such a huge part of the conversation is you shouldn't have to want to retire and if that's what we're basing our entire lives on is retiring comfortably and we're so focused on not working mm -hmm. shit that is ass backwards if you ask me <laughs> uh, it, it it so is and and what that does is that puts in your head a time limit and when you do that and you, you start shut, shutting parts of yourself down, like your work identity, listen, if that identity really matters to you and that gets you up and going during the day, if you like that lifestyle that you have, then I don't understand. What is 65? It's a number someone made up yeah. to keep us all in line, to bring new young blood in and old blood out. And from the corporate world, they decided that, I don't know, 80 years ago, whatever it was, and 50 years ago. That's just stupid. Just because they say retirement is a 65. So yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, for sure. I love that you use the word alive because that, that's it. I want to feel alive, vibrant, relevant. I want to kick ass. I want to move people. I want to get people to think things that if they didn't hear me say what I'm saying, then they never would have thought it themselves. And again, I go back to that blog post because someone just said to me, wow, you really put a word and an understanding to what prayer means to people. Like mm. I've, I've thought it, but I've never been able to articulate that. That to me is the greatest gift. Thank you. I'm just going to keep doing that. You feed me that, you're going to get more from me of yep. this. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, a, a sidebar, um, I bumped it. I was having lunch with a colleague of mine a few months ago and um, someone from my, um, when I was raising my children from our neighborhood, another parent, when my, our kids went to school together, I hadn't seen her in for a very long time. And she goes, Hey, I've been reading your real talks on Facebook and wow, do you ever rant? And my colleague looked at me and I looked at 
her and I said, well, why are you reading them then? If they're bothering you, you, you could just pass it by. I can't believe I had the gall to say that to her. But <laughs> like, if you don't like it, go, don't put that in your world. If it's toxic to you and you're not liking it, don't sit with it. Go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, there's no way I would have said that. I would have been in bed for three days recovering from a comment like that. Yep. And that's a product so, of, of doing, doing the work, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I'm speaking to people who want to hear that. And if you don't, that's cool. Um, that's part of being authentic is like rising up to your real self. It's, it's, it's not easy sometimes, but I feel that, you know, if I'm going to do what I say I want to do, then I have to really be my real self and not care what other people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally it, and that kind of goes back to the the theme of the podcast, right? It's like the world needs you as is. It doesn't need an edited version. It needs you authentically, you. And that's our that's our own personal journey to to get to the point where we feel comfortable doing that and being that. <laughs> yeah, and that all the way back to why I was drawn to that post and and answered you. I'm so glad we met. Oh, I know. It's, it's truly amazing. This is a, you know, a more of a spiritual type of thing, but it's just like, it's amazing to me how, when you put things out there in the universe, when you voice, again, this kind of just goes back to everything we're talking about, right? Like this to me felt so deeply necessary and aligned and something that was truly me. And so putting that out there wasn't something that I would have always been comfortable with. And I mentioned that in the post too. And, and here we are having a conversation, you know, it feels like we we've been friends for forever yeah. and, you know, we've only spent an hour, hour and a half talking to each other. So it's just a testament awesome. to exactly everything we're saying. So it's, yeah. It's awesome. It's so awesome, Ben. I'm really, really happy. This is not the end for us. Um, I'm going to invite you to be on my podcast as well. So yeah, this is so at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're doing and, you know, go out there and help people who want to be helped. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, to finish up here, I've got a, a quick little segment of three questions that I call the visionary hat trick. Hmm. Hat trick is a hockey term. If, if are you familiar? Uh, of course, I okay. had two boys in hockey. I was going to say, it. you mentioned hockey yeah. before, so I was like, I, you should probably know what this means. <laughs> and I'm a Montrealer, come on. Oh, that's true, that's true. You're, you're, yeah. I think actually the Blackhawks are my husband's favorite team, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we would get along well. He's a traitor, well, yeah. Love it. So we're good. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Cool. So the first one is, what's one belief that you have that you think others might think is a little bit crazy or that you worry about being judged for? I think it's my parenting style because I really believe I should let my kids just be who they are and not interfere and not have a grip on them. Um, yeah. Yeah. My parenting style is very different than, than my children's parents. Yeah. Mm. Friends, parents. And I know that's a big one. Like I haven't experienced it personally yet, but I've heard that parent shaming is a very real thing. So I'm. Oh yeah. They judge. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that one. Um, two, when you realize your personal vision, what does that look like? What impact does it have? Oh, wow. These are good, Ben. I might have to steal them, but I'll ask Go permission for first. I promise. <laughs> Um, my personal vision, what does it feel like and look like? Oh, I'm sitting in it right now. Like this, this is a part of it. Having mm. these authentic conversations, deeply human connections mm -hmm. um, that are unexpected and surprising and delicious. That's all that, that's what I live for. So that, that, that is it. And if it's meaningless, and if it makes me feel tired or if it's gossipy, which is what I grew up on with my friends, um, 
you know, with my own friends, then it depletes me. No. So my personal vision is to always feel energized by my connections with other people. Ooh, that was good. You, you just pulled it all together there and <laughs> beautiful. I love it. I love it. Oh, so, so close to mine too. Um, finally, we're, we're really zooming out here, thinking big picture. What is your hope for humanity? Oh, wow, Ben. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's so corny. My soul knows that when we put up barriers between countries and communities and faith and culture, we are only creating um, chaos. So my hope for humanity is that we go back to the ancient wisdom of just peace, love, and community. Really, that I live for that, and I hope to bring that out into the world in some way through my own self. Peace, love, and community, because that's how we're going to be okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I feel so corny, but I know it's true, because I, like I said, I meditate on that like every single day, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it becomes truer and truer. And it goes from here in my head to my heart deep into every cell of my being. It has to be true. That's the way for us. Yeah. I am right there with you. It is. And that's because we can feel it. It is a possibility. It's, it's there. And I think we're, we're both doing what we know to, to get to that point. Exactly. Exactly. I loved spending this hour with you. Oh, it was so much fun, Sherry. Thank you so, so much. If people want Thank to get you. more in touch with you, where can they find you? Well, my website is being built right now. So I would say the best place to find me is on Facebook. I'm there 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to Sherry Reinhardt, my personal page. And I love to hang out with people who are interested in what I have to say there. Awesome. And I will provide all those, the the links in the show notes below so that when you do have your website up, people can go to that as well. Thank you. I will follow up with you. It's under construction and I'm not sure which URL I'm using. So thank you. I'm going to follow up with you on that. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, Sherry, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and I'm excited to to be on your podcast when the time comes for that. It's coming up soon. Hey yo, thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.